Welcome in the name of Jesus tonight to each one of you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we have been worshiping, and it's our choice to continue the worship tonight. Enter into this service with a welcome to you, Lord Jesus, a welcome to stand with us in your pulpit. Lord, that we could be faithful to your anointing and faithful to your word and faithful, Lord, to give you the clap that you so much deserve for the work that you have done here in the last couple days, three days. Lord, make your word real to us tonight. Take us to the places in our hearts that we need to go tonight. Thank you for each person that's made a great sacrifice, traveled many miles to come here tonight. They will not be disappointed in your word. Neither will I. Neither will the students. Lord, your word is pure. It is holy. It is our hope. And Lord, it is our choice to put our hand on the plow tonight and take your word, follow your word, open your word, and find more freedom in your truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll try to get through this if I can. But it's kind of hard. I sat down in the back row tonight and I looked up here at this choir and I thought, who are they? They look so much different than they did the night they came in here. And when you sang hallelujah for the blood, I started remembering some of the testimonies that I've heard in the last day, especially. Testimonies after a weeping time at the altar, like I just wanted to shout what well, tonight you did. And I realized that the freedom that many of you have experienced in the past 24 to 48 hours, you know without a doubt that it was only by the blood of Christ. You came forward and you committed your life. You sowed your tears and your sobs and you brought yourselves to this altar and you presented yourself before God to leave yourself so that you could be free. And when I listen to you sing tonight, it was no question to me who the hero is. It, it is our Lord Jesus Christ. And you 
testified to him well. I know you are on the Lord's side. Hallelujah. May God be praised and may Christ be adored. Free to serve. Look at that real closely. Free to serve. Question mark? As you look at the picture there, maybe that one fellow is the way some of you felt when you came in here on Sunday night. Perhaps by tonight you you feel like the man over there on the side of freedom. I know you do. But now what? Free to serve? Question mark? You hear people say sometimes, oh, we Christians, we just have it so good. It's almost like an entitlement. Well, we got the sins off our back. We got our fire escape out of hell. And, oh, no, what is there? What do you think? Free to serve, question mark? Is life just about me and this sweet freedom? We say we have it so good, and what do we do with it? Are we serving our life term with the Lord? 42 of you, I believe, tonight. Is that right? 42 setting here? I can't imagine. Lord, tearing and being merciful to you and where he may take some of you in service in difficulties, in opportunities for testimony, beyond your imaginations. 42 ways. I can't imagine. But our God knows the steps of every one of you. He could look at those disciples' feet the night he washed them and he knew that in a few hours they were going to be leaving him. But he also knew that in a few days or years or weeks they'd be giving their lives for him. He knows the same thing about you. And he loved them to the end. And that's the same way it is with you tonight. Free to serve. Hallelujah for the blood. I would like to read St. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 43. Free to serve.
St. John chapter 4. When Jesus, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, Give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me. The hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. 
You worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say ye not, There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ the Savior of the world. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. And my text tonight will primarily center out of verse 28 and 29. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. See if you can tell where the freedom started and the, um, where there was freedom and where there was service. See if you can find that. Tell me uh, when freedom started and serving began. I'll, I'll read it real slowly again. So you're looking for... Uh, where freedom started and service began. The name of the 
Sermon tonight is free to serve. Let's see if we can find it here. The woman then left her water pot. And went her way into the city. Isn't that a sweet picture? You know, the same thing happened in that woman. It happened to many of you in the last couple nights. She found something that I don't think, I think was greater than anything she ever expected to experience in her life. And I trust that's your testimony tonight. That yes, you've found freedom, but it's even sweeter than you ever imagined that it could be. And the best is still yet to come. Because you're going to grow in Christ. But this woman found freedom and she left her water pot. And went her way into the village. I wonder, I just wonder, if there may be any water pots in your life that you'd really like to leave at Jesus' feet tonight. So you'd be free to go and serve. That's what the woman did. There's a story that I heard many years ago about a man in the state of Ohio, a pastor in Ohio, that in the days of slavery, he went down into the, into the slave markets down south, and, and there he... Uh, he was watching the slaves being auctioned on the block and he found a woman that he began to bid on. And he bid on this woman and all the men were heckling and, and uh, making uh, snarls at this woman. And he kept bidding her up and he bid her up and finally he bought her. And she came down the, out of the sale ring and they took her to her new master and the first thing she did is she spit in his face. And she says, Mister, I hate you. And after a little process of time, he said, you don't understand. I bought you to set you free. And it wasn't very long. He had the papers that she required to have complete freedom. And the story says she fell at his feet and said, Master, my master, I will serve you forever. And that's what true freedom does. Falls at my master's feet and says, Master, my master, I will serve you forever. You see, salvation is not about me. 
is all about the master. That we can have the privilege of serving forever. So when we are free from, we'll start back in Monday evening, when we are free from self. And then we are free from sin. And that freedom allows us to then serve Christ and serve others. And I want you to picture tonight that as you come out of as you come out of your bondages, that you are simply coming out, coming to freedom, giving your shouts, shedding your tears. But picture this. Picture yourself just putting on an apron. The apron of service. Maybe it'd be good just to wear. You, you sisters probably do. <laughs> Be good for us, men. We heard that today about serving your wives. Just think about wearing the apron of service. Apron of humility. Why have I been set free? What is my salvation? Now that I'm free from self, now that I'm free from sin, now that I'm free to serve Christ and serve others, it means that I am now free to put all of my energy into his service. Wearing the apron for Christ. Wearing the apron for Christ. It is a truth tonight that until I love Christ more than me. Think about this. Until I love Christ more than me, I can never be completely free to serve. And so that is a requirement. And why I'm saying all this, it's like this right here. All of these things that we've been talking about is our byproducts. Fruit is the byproduct. So service becomes the byproduct of being in the vine, of being free, um, of knowing your identity, of your daily salvation and of your passion for souls, service is, is the byproduct of that intimate organic connection that we have. That's the goal of this message is to just simply illustrate that serving is a byproduct of freedom. And why is this important? The contextual order of this message tonight is really simple. One, free. Two, Serve, And it's, it's good to keep them in that order. I think sometimes that we as believers get the idea that it's about getting free and going straight to the promised land. But that's not the way it works in the book of Exodus chapter 8. If you want to go there, you may. I'm in Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. The first, the first purpose in Exodus 8, 1 is not the promised land. The first purpose is to serve. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, 
Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may what? Let my people go that they may serve me. You go to the ninth chapter, the first verse, you're going to see the same thing. The Lord said unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. So it's not about getting free and going straight to the promised land. Going into service. That's why we had the whole afternoon this afternoon. My passion for souls. And what a privilege we get to enter into his service. And the passion for souls that's a byproduct of the intimate organic connection of the branch and the vine, which is us. Both passages that I've referenced in the book of Exodus, uh, they underline letting go and going to serve. They, they underline that. Salvation is not about me. We are now free to serve. It, it, I just want to take away from us any thought of entitlement. Okay? Uh, we talked today about is Christ receiving the reward of his suffering. Now that's not about my entitlement. Always know that our salvation became a byproduct of Christ, humanity, divinity, doing the Father's will, deleting Adam one and bringing in everything that the last Adam accomplished and will continue to accomplish in our daily salvation. Let's look at some examples briefly before we get to the water pots and your water pots. Let's look at some examples of those in the Bible that were free to serve. I'm thinking about a harlot. The Bible says that her house set up on the wall of Jericho. Her name was Rahab. And the Bible tells us that when the spies went into the land and they went to Rahab's house and she demonstrated faith and they told her that if she would be willing to demonstrate faith when the conquerors come in, that if she would there in Joshua 6 and 25, that if she would go out, get her father, get her mother, and get those in her father's household, that if she would do that, that when the destruction of Jericho comes, if she'd hang that thread out the window, she would be saved. And so was her father's house. And so I look at her just as a little snapshot. You know, this woman, her dignity was almost gone. Just a harlot on the city wall. And all of a sudden, this woman is got shoes on for service. She's bringing her family and she's bringing others. She's passing on the blessing. That's what we're called, to wear this apron, to pass on the blessing. And you know this apron is dirty? Oh, there's a story behind that, uh, that dirt on that apron. 
Now, there's a brother here to be glad to tell you that story. Well, <laughs> maybe another time. Think about the disciples. Now, don't lose track of where we're at here. We're talking about people that got free to serve. Think about the disciples. Got a ship business going on. Got a fishing business going on. And Jesus just walks up and says, follow me. And uh, over here, he goes to Peter and James and John and, and uh, follow me, follow me. And they just get up and, and they follow him and they left their nets behind. Uh, their, their net worth was, uh, I don't know what their nets were worth. Uh, it changed pretty quick, right? But when you leave behind something that Jesus is calling you into for service, you, you can't put a value on it. We try to, but it won't give you a lot of peace. His rewards are out of this world, amen? amen. I hope so. <laughs> oh, Here's another one, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was, uh, he was a chief uh, publican. He was rich and he wanted to see Jesus and, and, and uh, he climbed up in that sycamore tree and he went to Jesus' house and uh, he confessed faith and Jesus says, salvation's come to your house. The man was set free and immediately he just started in. Okay, half of all my goods. They're going out to the poor. Oh, and if I've cheated anybody, four times the amount I've cheated them. You notice what freedom does in our hearts? It completely does what 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says will. Any man be in Christ, he is a creation. Not just some things, all things are become new. And this man, he's, he's serving now. Oh, half of my good. Oh, that must have felt so good to him. But the day before, he's like, uh-uh. Isn't that amazing? I think some of you look back at thoughts you had last week. I, I, don't, I think some of you, are, maybe, I don't know, maybe you had big expectation. But I think some of you got more in the last couple of days than you, than you expected. And I've got good news for you. It, it continues to be that way. Free to serve? I mean, it's going to take forever to take a field trip around Jesus? Here's another one. Um, the prodigal son. We've heard so much about him this week. And What was it? What was it when he had finally come to the end of himself and he began to talk to himself, what did he say he wanted to do? Who can say? Huh? He just, right, he just said, Lord, just take me home and I just want to serve. <laughs> just make me a servant. I mean, he'd been down there just living, uh, living it up in the world standard, but now he says, just take me home and make me a servant. Free to serve. Here's one I really like. Jesus gets out of the ship, 
and Mark chapter 5, and here comes this man, and just his name is Legions, and you just see him flying up to Jesus. There wasn't even chains that could hold this man. I mean, they would bind him, and he was cutting himself, and he was just a wild man. And he came right to Jesus. It's amazing. He knew Jesus. The devils know Jesus. And he came to Jesus, and he, and he talked with Jesus, and it wasn't long until Jesus took the evil spirits out of him. He cast them into the pigs. And this is the beautiful thing about that man, is that man begged to go with Jesus. But Jesus said, no, you go back home, and I'm going to put in my words, and serve. Go tell your friends what things I have done for you. I think maybe he was a little bit disappointed that he didn't get to order his um, avenue of service. Welcome to serving Christ. You don't, we don't have that choice either. You may think you're going to be a school teacher. Or you may think you're going to be a missionary. Or you just start plugging it in, and uh, God might have a lot of surprises. That's all you want? I got more, if you're willing to serve. And I think in the prayer groups, groups we say, uh, if you've ever been in my prayer group, <laughs> Um, when, when people, and they do it all over the world, people, they say, well, Lord, help me. Lord, I, I want to. Lord, uh, I just wish. Or, and, and somehow I just, let, let's just start using that word choose. I choose. I choose. Whatever you're praying for, I choose. When you're talking about the will of the Lord, I choose. When you choose him, he's got you, and he'll let you serve and the best place where you can maximize the gift that he's given you. Doesn't it just give you chills down your spine? God has called me to things that I would never have ever in my life turned the dial to. And someone asked recently, one of you young people said, well, how do you do this? And my answer is, is well, if, when you have a call of God, and God is calling you to serve, would he call you to serve and not supply you with the energy and the passion and the, and the outflow of the inflow? You know, he wouldn't do that. Oh, here's another one that uh, I like. Um, Think about Paul. I'll, I'm going to quit on this one. I've got more. Think about Saul. He's going down the Damascus Road and, and he's just, he's got passion, but he's, he's not serving Christ. He's not free. He's just bound to himself. He's bound in sin. And he, the light comes on him. He falls. He, a few days later, gets freedom. And in the book of Romans, chapter 1, he says words like this. He says, I am debtor 
I am ready. I'm not ashamed. Wow. That is service out of freedom. Okay, there are some in the Bible that desired to serve. What do you think happens to those that, Lord, I really want to serve. Remember last night or a couple nights ago, we had the, the heart coming down here and the mind coming down here. And, and one of them was in, one of them was out, and then the other one was in, the other was out. And it wasn't until they all came together in repentance that it worked. Okay, so what happens to people that want to serve but are not free? Do you think that ever happens? Yeah, it does. Uh, the rich young ruler, he come up to Jesus there in Matthew 19, and he's, you know, I, I think he wanted in. He, he, he appreciated Jesus. He admired Jesus. And so Jesus just kind of gave him the fine print, and he said, you know, uh, you've kept all these things, but uh, you just need to um, go sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. Ooh, he wasn't completely free. Bible says he walked away sorrowful. No energy. Many examples, other examples in the Bible, people said, I will follow you, but so forth, and it never worked. Well, let's go down to the woman. Let's look at this woman in John chapter 4. So here is a woman in John 4, and she has come up there to the well. And uh, she's kind of puzzled when she meets Jesus. First of all, he was a Jew, and she was a Samaritan, and I'm not going into that. Uh, he was a man, she was a woman, and she was a little uh, caught off guard um, by her statement there in verse 9, how, how is it? Uh, there she has some questions about this whole thing. Uh, she could tell things were different already. And you know, when you get in the presence of Jesus, things do just, they seem different. And uh, that's the way it was to be. And uh, here she is. So Jesus has her attention now. And uh, he's telling her about a different kind of water, a water that she's never heard of. And, and there's kind of two waters here in focus. The, you've got the well of water here that Jacob has punched a hole in the rock to dig. And then you've got the, the water of eternal life that Jesus is telling her about. And um, finally, she, uh, she has, uh, she's not understanding it, and he's telling her more. And down about in verse 15, the woman finally is getting it. She says, Sir, give me this water. Sir, give me this water. I think that's what uh, some of us have been saying around here. Give me this water that I thirst not. And so there she is. She says, I'm ready for something. I'm ready to... She came out there and she brought her water pot out there and all she was expecting to do was just get some natural water in her water pot. That's all she was expecting. But she came to Jesus and she got more than she expected. And I think that that's the way that all of us are. Is we know that... Just the, the water pots of this life, uh, the necessities of this life, and so forth and so on. There's got to be something more. You wouldn't be at this school tonight if there wasn't something more. This place wouldn't be filled up with people in the valley tonight if there wasn't something more. Preachers would not have taken stones if there wasn't something more. The apostles wouldn't have been drowned in the water if there wasn't something more or burned at the stake or fed to the lions because there's something more. And that woman knew there was something more because inside of her heart there was an empty void. And she's just about 
to find the complete fulfillment. Her present condition seemed to point back to a sinful life. It's easy to read in a lot of things. I'm not sure what all to read in or not. But it seems like something pointed back to a sinful life. And so, life like that, uh, I, I don't know. All of this, I've heard, I read one place that life like her, the life she was living wouldn't have been tolerated in Judea, and so she was living up there in Samaria. I don't know. That part is not important. But when Jesus laid bare, now when Jesus laid bare her past, conviction began to arise in her heart. We talked about that today, how the law brings conviction. And when Jesus laid bare her past, conviction began to rise in her heart. And that's exactly what the Word of God is doing. And that's what the Word of God has been doing the last couple of days. And that's what the Word of God can do tonight. Bring conviction into our hearts. That's what the truth does. It's also the same truth that sets us free. She said in verse 19, You are a prophet. Whew. I don't know how she's feeling about that time, but I think the light is coming on. And uh, Jesus says, uh, I that speak unto thee, I am he, in verse 26. He says, I am that one that you're talking about. And so here, all of a sudden, uh, in verse 26, Jesus said, I that speak unto them, he. And then the disciples came and so forth. But verse 28 says, she left her water pot. She just left it there. She left it, and she went her way into the city, and saith unto the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? This woman is now free. She is free. She is free to run back into the village with news. Okay, but it didn't just stop with the news. She's extending an invitation. She's free. And evidence of her freedom was her shouting coming out of her passion. I'm adding the shouting, but I can't imagine if some of you said you wanted to shout uh, here a couple nights ago, I can't imagine anything. The stops were pulled. The plugs were pulled. This lady was heading back. She's free, and she's heading out to serve. And uh, here she goes. Uh, no one, no, I noticed that today is reading. Nobody told her to go. Isn't that amazing? And intrinsic, uh, that organic, uh, that intimate, Conviction that she just had for a few moments, but for the first and only time in her life, she had found a man that could look at her like a daughter of God with purity that didn't want to lust after her and take her and use her and toss her like she had been used and tossed and abused in the past. You're not going to hold her back. Nobody needs to tell her to go. You don't have to have an evangelistic program in Seattle for this woman. She would beat you there. She didn't need a bus to get there either. She headed out. 
evidence of her freedom. And when she said, she said this, come see a man. Come, she invited. Come, she begged. Come, she explained and exclaimed to those people. Come, she testified. Listen to her testimony. It's simple. People say, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't do, I just have excuses for outreach because I don't know what to say. You know, nobody's told this woman what to say. Nobody told her this is how you do it. Nobody had a little flip flapper they give to her that you flip and flop all around. She just said, come see a man. Amen? Amen. What's my testimony? She took Christ as his word and demanded, listen to this, she took Christ at his word, I'm going to say this the way it is, and she demanded a response. Come, see a man. Free to serve. Free to serve. Come, come. C for children. O for old people. M for middle age. And E for everyone. She left her water pot. What did she leave? I am told that I, I've seen a few water pots in my life, and uh, some of them are pretty nice. I, I read a little history, and some writers think that the, this water pot was probably of a great value, but she left it. And the reason she left her water pot, the Bible doesn't say, but let's suppose that she left her water pot to speed up her mission. Uh, you've probably been in countries and seen people with water pots, and the women especially, and they carry them on their heads, and they carry them on their hips. Uh, I've never seen any of them running flat out with their water pot, you know, back here behind them. She had a mission. She was free, and she had the master's service to do. She left her water pot uh, so she could speed up her service uh, and all through the Bible. I won't be able to get them all, but you just think about what have people left behind to serve? Tax collectors have left their tax booth to serve. Those fishermen left their boats to serve. They left their nets to serve. How about this one? Cripples have left their canes to serve. Sick people have left their beds to serve. Peter's wife's mother was one of those. Got up to serve. They were free. Do you have a water pot tonight that needs to be left behind? What was her water pot? I don't know. Let's just dream a little bit and I'm going to talk to you about ours. We could say, well, her water pot was her occupation. That's what she probably did, is carry the water back and forth. We all know that our occupation can get in our road of service. Right? Jesus says, uh, seek you first the kingdom of God. 
And all these things will be added into you. And I'm not saying they don't work, but I said that occupations could get in the road of service. God also uses some of our occupations for service. Let's say another thing her water pot could have been. Do you think it could have been her religion? Over here is where we're supposed to worship. You worship down there. She wanted to talk about religion. She wasn't so interested in talking about Jesus initially. And I find when you work with people, you know, they, they, most people are pretty okay with asking you about your church or your religion. But when you get into Jesus, that, it gets a little close sometimes. I don't know. Maybe it was her traditions. Maybe, maybe it was her past. Oh, do you think about that one? Could her water pot have been her past? Mm. We all got water pots, don't we? Maybe her water pot was her shame. She was just in shame of her past. Maybe her water pot was her reputation. I heard someone said that she shouldn't have been out there at noon. She should have been there early in the morning. But perhaps her reputation and, and the mockery and the ridicule she experienced, she had to go when no one else would go. But that's the very moment that she met the Savior. And sometimes when you think that it's just about as bad as you can get, and I know some of you have experienced even, you thought you would be free at the altar Monday night, and, and some of you have had experiences like, but I was shocked to find that I'm still back in the battle again. That's the way it is. And sometimes when you think that it can't hardly get any worse, there's Jesus. That's the very point he's been waiting on us to get to. Is just so he can have all of us because we finally found out we can't do it ourselves. Uh, maybe it was her sin, was her, her appearance, or her attitude, her fear, her rejection. I, I don't know what all her water pots was. She didn't need her water pot, so to speak, so she left it at the well. Didn't Jesus say something like this? But whoso drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to tell you what's, what's going to happen here. We're going to deal with us. And here's how it's going to work. Uh, there, are, there are men here that are going to come to your row right now and they're going to pass out sticky notes to everyone in here. So if you're one of these men that's uh, designed to pass out sticky notes, there's going to be a sticky note go down every row. I would encourage you to take a sticky note uh, and, and here, here's why. Um, don't put your name on the note. No, no, I mean, well, you can if you want to, sure. I mean, you know, we're talking about notes. But, but I'm, we're not requiring you to put your name on that. But as we're going to go down, we're going to make this uh, funnel a little narrower here. Um, I want you to, uh, as I go through some things, if, a, if, if God shows you a water pot, okay, just you, don't peek at your neighbor or anything else, if God shows you a water pot 
And you know, you've just listened a little bit here tonight, and you just think, I wonder if I have a water pot that's keeping me from serving. Or at least at the speed this lady served. I'm not saying that any of us are not serving, but just let the Holy Spirit find you where you will there. If you, if you have something that comes to your mind, you know, I think that's a water pot, Lord. If the Lord is saying that's a water pot, write it on your sticky pad. Do I have water pots? Do I need to leave a water pot tonight? What are your water pots? Do I have water pots? Uh, what would you be willing to leave tonight? What would you be willing to say, you know, Lord, if, if this is standing between me and complete service, I would be willing to leave the water pot tonight. What would you be willing to leave? If there's something that you know deep inside that would keep you from completely serving, if God would ask you to, whatever it is, I'm not even going to say, you say, oh, no, no, not me. Uh, if, what, if something comes up, you say, no. Uh, I would encourage you to identify that. Uh, what do you have that's keeping you free from serve, from serving? Are you free to serve as she is free to serve? Uh, would you be willing to leave whatever it is? Um, so what are the water pots that you have to leave behind? And I thought today as um, I listen to um, the panel up here talk to you about outreach, would there have been excuses that you would have? I mean, could an excuse be a water pot? Hmm. Do you have any excuses? Like not qualified. Could that be a water pot? Um, I'm afraid I'll look foolish. Could that be a water pot? I don't know what your water pots are. I'm not sure what this is going to cost me. Could that be a water pot? Maybe uh, in this crowd, a crowd like this, maybe, maybe some of us, this is not just the students, this is any of you. If you've got a piece of paper and God's putting your, uh, your mind on a water pot, maybe it's a habit that you have. And you say, oh, oh my, I could never be an, I could never run back to that village like this lady did and face those men with my habit. Maybe it's an addiction. I could never go back there with, with, with those feet that just had like lead weights come off of those feet. You know what? That addiction would pull me down. That's a water pot. Would you be willing to put it down? Here's another water pot. I have a critical spirit. How could you go and explain to someone a great freedom that you've just found in the Messiah? And he, he can just build and bridge your relationships. But you got a critical spirit. Could that be a water pot? How about just attitudes? Attitudes of jealousy. How about a water pot of the past? Just knowing, okay, the blood of Christ cleanses me, but the devil just, just keeps beating you over the head with your past. Look at your past, look at your past, look at your past. And, you know, it's a lie. We've been talking about the truth. 
the truth that sets us what? Free. What? Free. Yeah. Uh, what is my water pots? Maybe I've got one of those water pots of reputation that I want to live up to. Uh, that water pot of performance uh, that's not coming out of... Oh, don't have the sick vine. Uh, that water pot of trying to add things on the vine. I mean, uh, I mean sorry, sorry, on the... Uh, what did I say wrong there? The branch. Adding things to the branch that's not even in the vine. Do I have any of those things? Do, do you find yourself trying to add a few things on for tomorrow? Kind of boister up. Um, any rebellion, maybe in, in your, with your parents. Uh, just a, a spirit of rebellion. Uh, maybe it's, it's rebellion with the, those that God has placed over you in your church fellowship. Imagine running back to the village. How's things going at home? Ooh. You weren't supposed to ask about that one. Uh, temporal values. And all this stuff, I just, you know, that I just spend time on myself and all of these things. Uh, life is centered around me. Could that be a water pot? I don't know what your water pots, uh, pots are. Maybe it's just, um, maybe it's, it's marriage. Uh, we got m m several couples here. We heard about marriage today. Maybe it's just a, uh, the marital intimacy, the, the, the oneness of spirit is just not there. And you know good and well. Uh, yeah, one time my wife and I, uh, I had, a, I had a, a kind of a scrap in the, in the late at night. And, and uh, I told her I was going to go in the next room and pray for her. And uh, my prayers didn't go very well in the next room. <laughs> Till I went back to the bedside and I said, I am the man. I've got a forgiving wife. You know, maybe it's something like that. Uh, temporal values, impure thoughts, false guilt. I don't know what, what you're... But uh, will you bring what God is telling you? Uh, will, are you willing to put on that piece of paper tonight what God is telling you in order for you to be free to serve? There's still people in our villages that need to be told. There's still people just right down the road I live on that my wife keeps reminding me, you need to take some time. There's people, there's neighbors, there's siblings, there's, there's co-workers, there's all around the world. There's still villages to reach. There's still boys and girls and fathers and mothers all over the world that needs to be told the story of Jesus just like someone told you. So tomorrow when we go over to Seattle, will you be free to serve? And if there's a water pot coming to your mind, um, I'm going to ask you to put it down there. Is there something that you're going to wish tomorrow that you would have left behind tonight? Those of you that are here driving, when you, when you get in your car and you head out and you start to go down the interstate a little ways, will there be something that you wished you would have left here tonight? This may be your opportunity. This may be the last opportunity. None of us know we'll get home. If there's a water pot that you may need to leave. And you know, water pots, uh, 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 please hear me, water pots... They're not bad. I mean, some of these things are bad. We, we put some bad wraps on some of them. But, I mean, who doesn't need a water pot? 
So it can be good things keeping us from the best things. So keep that in mind. I, um, I, I say sometimes we have good problems. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you, um, I'm giving just a couple more minutes, uh, not a couple more, maybe just another few seconds to finish up your notes if, if you are going to uh, put something on your note. In just a little bit, we're going to have a couple more verses here and how uh, people found freedom. And then um, we're going to sing. And when the singing begins, when the singing begins, if you have something on your note that uh, you have a water pot you want to leave, you just get right up out of your seat while we're singing and you just simply go up there to the whiteboard and uh, the brethren have a, a nice little landing pad right here. Uh, these papers, or it could go anywhere. You just stick your note up on there and go back to your seat. That's all you got to do. And uh, whatever notes end up on that board, whatever water pots are up there, uh, there's no names on them. Uh, then we're going to, we're, you can be thinking about this, brethren from the Bible school. I'm going to call for the volunteer, not now, but you be thinking about it, if you might be the man that would be willing to step up and serve tonight, and we will ask five of you, brethren, to come up here after everybody's sat back down, and you will pray over those water pots. More importantly, praying over the release of the water pots that people have put there so that they can be free to go and be blessed for leaving the water pot behind. So think about it. Uh, I talk to the men over there, but I'm talking to the men over here as well. Uh, we want five of you to go up there. First Thessalonians 1 and 9, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned, I love this, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living God. The testimony was tremendous in the Thessalonian church, and the word has got out. Uh, these people were free to serve. They turned to God from idols. And I love that, that, that first of all, it's about getting to God. It's about getting to Christ. And when you get God and when you get to Christ, and like the little girl we heard about the other day, when the Papa has all of us, we are from idols. Free. To God from idols. It doesn't say, well, you, you kind of got to leave the idols and you're kind of looking back at the idols like lost ones. No, you just go to God. That's what repentance is. And that's what the Thessalonians did. Turn to God from idols. Here's another one. Hebrews 9 and 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? How much more shall the blood of Christ versus the old economy. Now it is the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ that speaks to us tonight of freedom, the blood of Christ that frees, the blood of Christ that the martyrs overcome with, the blood of Christ that we will overcome with, and the testimony that we will overcome with so we can be freed from dead works to serve 
the living God.